0: Ruin my childhood. This is episode two of Ruin My Childhood. I'm Kat. And I'm Mike. And today's episode is going to be on Fern Gully. Now, Mike says that he doesn't remember too much about Fern Gully. What is it that you actually do remember?
1: I vaguely remember. I know Robin Williams is the bat. I know Tim Curry is the weird fog smog monster. And it kind of reminded me of that bad guy from um, The Nightmare Before Christmas And I think Christian Slater, and that's just the adult me knowing, but I'm pretty sure Christian Slater's like the human dude. and It's like a human dude gets shrunk down to the size of a fairy. And then it's about pollution. And it's basically the plot of Avatar.
0: (laughs) I guess it pretty much is the plot of Avatar. I loved Ferngully. And I think part of this is because it was one of the few VHS that we actually had growing up. Um, My family didn't really own a lot of media, and we didn't watch TV for a very long time. But I think my parents were totally into this movie because we were one of those families that growing up, my mom always had stickers on the mirror that said, conserve water and recycle, reuse, reduce. And so we were really like crunchy granola, earth hugging type of people. So this movie was definitely like aligned with those values. Oh,
1: oh, you know what I just remembered from the movie? Hmm. Um, the part where the guy's surfing and it's just that song is like na 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 <laughs> na 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 na.
0: Yeah, it was a good part. Um, and I mean, for me, most of my memories of films, even films that I really enjoy, I tend to sort of like brain dump and forget the plot, which is great because then when I go to watch it again, I can really be in the moment and enjoying it, and I get all these great surprises because I've just forgotten a lot of the plot. So that tends to come in handy. But I've think I watched this enough times that there are so many things that I actually do remember. And part of it is because even though the animation isn't fantastic, there was a lot of really beautiful scenery that most animations or that most animated features weren't really doing at that time. They really put a lot of thought and effort into making the scenery of the forest really beautiful. And I Love the scene where they're jumping from mushroom to mushroom on the side of a tree, and i those are the things that really stand out to me more so than necessarily the plot or the story. It was like the the moral of the story and the underlying current of the magnitude of the environmental situation is really what stuck with me the most more than say the character Krista's journey or anything like that um and for me, I still think that this villain, which is basically just pollution, is fantastic. And this movie was really ahead of its time. I mean, these days, the environment is so much more in like the public consciousness. <laughs> and luckily, people who don't believe in global warming are quickly becoming the minority. But back in the day, the environment was not a big deal to the vast majority of people.
1: I um, I remember watching this as a kid. Like I, I had it on VHS as well. I don't really remember watching it over and over and over again. Like, I remember some of the set pieces. Like I said, the flying leaf thing. And I remember the weird song that Tim Curry sings is the Pollution Monster. And I remember there's, like, a giant machine, like, cutting down trees. So it's funny that you mentioned the environmental education aspect of this. Is that what it's called, Education or, edu- or, like, when it's, like, entertainment and education at the same time? I've I don't know.
0: never heard that before, but I kind of like it.
1: That It's definitely a thing. Like, that was one of the things why, like... I think like the environmental thing that I watched. Maybe as a it's kid edutainment. Was, that's what it is. It's like edutainment or uh, entercation or something like that. I don't remember what it is, but it's totally a thing. <laughs> um, but as I was saying, uh, you might have watched this. You might have connected to this a little bit more because the main antagonist or pro- not antagonist, the protagonist is female, and this was bigger when we were very little kids. So as like, you know, a three, four, five year old boy, I probably wasn't into this one as much as I was into Captain Planet. So Captain Planet was kind of my like, oh man, we gotta take care of the Earth cartoon where this might have been you your cartoon for that.
0: Yeah, and I think what's great about this is, you know, it had these elements of fantasy, but it also had this like really grave, real message of we're killing the earth.
1: Totally. I just remember like him painting X's. He gets shrunk down somehow. There's a bat. That's Robin Williams. And Tim Curry's a weird smoke monster. And I cannot tell you anything that actually happened in this movie. (laughs)
0: Like If I sit down and really focus on it, I can play this entire film in my head. But really what stands out to me is the slime left behind by the villain. It's such a great villain. And I just get so absorbed in this movie. And I watched it so many times. It's still a really good feel-good movie for me. And... I think it will definitely hold up for me.
1: Oh, just a real quick question. This is kinda of weird because I remember the animation not being super great. And this isn't like this isn't Disney. Uh during that time frame I can't remember the other big animations too, but it's like the same company that did I think I mentioned this company last time, uh the company that did like all dogs go to heaven. I don't even think this is actually. No, that same I think company. this was
0: Either they were independent, but I know that this started out being set in either Australia or New Zealand, and that was the direction it was originally going. And I think they might have, you know, run out of their budget or something, and it ended up getting passed over to an American studio.
1: Yeah, because it's really interesting that Robin Williams, Tim Curry, and in the early 90s, Christian Slater was yeah, he was hot. there he were was...
0: huge names in this. I couldn't um, tell you who the other characters are to save my life. And honestly, for years, I didn't even realize that was Robin Williams because I was just so wrapped up in the character of Batty that I didn't even notice it was him when I was a kid. But yeah, there are some big names attached to this. And this also
1: had some um, big music, too, like licensed music. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested to watch it again. I don't remember it. I remember you and I tried to watch it. With your sister maybe four or five years ago But I we might have been drinking or something And I don't think we got more than 20 minutes into it So I'm interested to like sit down and actually re-watch this movie I'm
0: excited I've actually genuinely had a hankering to watch this movie So I think it's going to hold up I'm not going to be disappointed Because it's Fern Gully. I love Gully.
1: Alright, let's watch it <laughs> It's rather nice Boil and grime Poison sludge Slime beneath me, moon. slime up above. Ooh, you love my toxic love.
0: All right, so we watched Fern Gully, and... I didn't think it was possible, but I think I actually like it more than I remember liking it the last time I watched it. It's been a couple of years, so it's not like I haven't watched it since childhood, but it was really enjoyable. And now that I was sort of looking for different things, I found more things to enjoy about it. What did you think?
1: I actually liked it a lot more than i thought i was going to like i said at the beginning of the podcast we tried watching it a few years ago and we stopped watching it like 10-15 minutes in for whatever reason so i was thinking we stopped watching it because it was bad and i'm realizing it wasn't that like we probably had something else going on when watching it at first i thought it was going to have bad animation and there was a few issues with heads changing shape as they were making different emotions and you know emoting
0: i think it was mostly just the hair that sort of change shape there was
1: there was a few th- weird things with like jaw lines and like the overall head uh shape of the uh, what's the female character's name krista 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 like i thought her head changed shape a couple times throughout but pretty solid
0: did we find out what the company was
1: uh, so i looked it up and i can i already forgot the director's name But the guy who directed this movie was also the producer. He made, like, his own production company for this, and then it was distributed by Fox. okay. What was really interesting is this guy's background is varied, but it's awesome. Like, he works on Tron as a storyboard artist, and then he did a few of the art stuff for Tron. He also did the, like, in the 80s, like, when they were really into the animated openings to live-action movies, like at the beginning of um, Troop Beverly Hills. (laughs) He actually did the opening sequence for that and he also did storyboard animations for tons of really big movies so he actually was kind of a big deal and it was a passion project for him and his ex-wife they spent 15 years trying to make this movie so she made it as a book then they spent i think it was like five years trying to figure out how to make it into a movie and then they spent like seven years trying to raise money for it wow and then three years making it so it was like a 15 year process to get this made it had
0: a pretty big budget too
1: (laughs) 24 million dollars it had almost the same budget as Beauty and the Beast, and this movie came out a year after.
0: Yeah, and it's it's interesting how um, around that time, it's like there's that one scene in the ballroom with Beauty and the Beast, the single CG scene, and then in this movie, I mean, everything looks good great for the time. I think it's beautiful. But there are also random CG moments, like pretty much everything with the machine working as it's cutting down the trees. All of those are CG. So it's in that weird era of animation where they're starting to play around with this CG animation. And it has a pretty cool effect, actually, because of their choice of what they decided to CG. I think it
1: actually looked better than that ballroom scene. Yeah. In Beauty and the Beast, like they did that scene where they were doing the dancing and like on the puddles that were changing colors. Mm -hmm. And I thought that actually it blended more seamlessly. But I also think that might be because they made the art style a little bit more realistic than some of the Disney movies, at least for the main characters. Like those weird guys who are running the machine, they looked super... Cartoony, but yeah, like
0: Oliver and the, Company, cartoony. Actually,
1: yeah, exactly like the characters in that. And then what was the the main male name? Was it Zach the human- or Jack? Zach, or yeah. Zach looked like a real person.
0: Yeah, exactly. The proportions on him were a lot more realistic than, say, Disney's animation at this time.
1: Yeah, I agree. So I was pleasantly surprised by the art. The story was the story. I think it was like its weakest element, but it still had some fun moments. Like I, the music was great. Like they had a why can't I think of his name right now? The guy who did a funky. Uh, what is it called? The Funky Kong. Funky I can
0: never remember his name or anything, but really like oh, that's ton- what he's known Tone-
1: for. Tone Loke? Is it Tone Loke?
0: Tone Tone Lock?
1: Something like that. Yeah, but he's in it and he had a song and it was pretty great. The voice cast was amazing. We kind of talked about it earlier, but Tim Curry was great. That's probably
0: where most of the budget went, to be honest, because like they got Tim Curry and Robin Williams who at the time were huge, absolutely huge. Like Tim
1: Curry was big in the 80s and this was Robin Williams' first animated movie mm-hmm. and he did 14 hours of audio for it and for this movie like he just completely off the cuff
0: that's insane and like from one standpoint of looking at robin williams and adoring him for his artistry and his genius that's fantastic but then being on the flip side of it and thinking it from the engineer's standpoint it's like oh my god they probably wanted to kill him <laughs> <laughs> i can't even imagine sitting in the booth for 13 hours and letting this freaking comedian just like babble on and on and be like all right, let's rewind and let you do this again,
1: <laughs> but he had some really good moments like i I don't know, I really liked it some it was dark though, yeah, too. like it, this it's movie way was way darker really than I dark.
0: remember, like when I was a kid, I thought, okay, like he's got a transmitter on him, but All of the stuff of like the trauma, like this is a bat with PTSD from human testing and like all of the stuff in his rap in the beginning about like the animal testing and they specifically pertain to like abusing animals and all of the crap that we do to animals for testing and all of that was completely over my head when I was a kid. Like, I just thought he was a goofy bat with a transmitter. But no, like, That's humans what I remember gave this too. poor bat PTSD. And-
1: yeah, it was really weird. And, like, the song was really funny. But I was just like, oh, my God, this is incredibly dark for a kid's movie.
0: It's very And then he dark. went to, uh,
1: I think it was called Toxic Love was Tim Curry's song as a... Mm Hexus, and it was strangely sexual
0: well no it was a torch song basically that was the the sort of cadence and rhythm and style is a torch song
1: so i actually looked it up and it turns out that there was an alternate version of this song that was super sexual had like blatant sexual content in it that they had to (laughs) edit out because it was like this is a kid's movie we can't oh did you find
0: these lyrics somewhere
1: i didn't find the lyrics but i found some I don't I don't remember if it was Wikipedia or some other article, but they were saying that they had to like tone down the song. But like even without with the toned down lyrics, the animation during Toxic Love was weird. So he started off as like this weird goopy, almost like stop motion type animation for like this goop, well, and then he transformed. I don't know into
0: if this... it's so much sexual as rapey because they're raping the environment.
1: Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But it was creepy because he started out as this weird goop, and then he looked like this weird skeleton, and then he like transformed into this kind of like sexy smog monster.
0: You like, think it's sexy? <laughs> not
1: really, but like they made that him worries kind of... me a little. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like they like it's clear that that's what they were going for. Like it, he was kind of muscular. He had a strong jaw and everything like just I-
0: visually the whole transformation of this monster it's still creepy to me i specifically remember hiding behind my sofa during his number, every single time I watched this as a kid, because it was really freaking scary, and now watching it, like it's still genuinely creepy, which I think is awesome. But it's also so much darker now that we have so much more context, and we're really catching all of the lyrics and all of the background of these characters that we just did not get as kids.
1: Oh, well, I thought it was also funny, and I, I I laughed a lot when this this part happened. There was a part where in the Hexus somehow was able to get into the electrical system of that giant tree chomping machine yeah. and told those two guys, you need to get to Ferngully by tomorrow. And they're like, that's impossible. And he's like, no breaks, no lunches, get it done. And the guys were like, they had these like evil laughs. They were like, uh, I think they said, buku overtime. And they were all excited to destroy the forest for extra money. And I was yeah. like, that's that's messed up. And then I was thinking, I'm like, you know, when I have an opportunity to get overtime, like I, I, I do it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but you're not raping the earth. No, that's true. One thing I forgot about this movie is how much I love the music. I like. I remember a couple of main songs, but they're all genuinely enjoyable numbers. And it's rare that I can go back and watch a kid's movie and actually really enjoy the music in it and laugh at the lyrics. And I love when movies can do this, where you appreciate it in one way as a kid, and then adults can appreciate it in another way because there are things hidden just for them.
1: I, I agree. Like, I... I, I really liked the song when they were surfing. I liked the music when they were, like, dancing. I liked the Toxic Love and Tone Loke song. Like, if I'm yeah. going to eat someone, it might as well be you. It was, like, super creepy, too. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and
1: I remember as a kid watching this movie that I thought the iguana thing that he was, or whatever kind of reptile he was, trying to eat Zach. as a kid, I thought it was kind of gay. And I'm still <laughs> not sure how, like, what the, how that was supposed to mean because it was... It was also kind of sensual, too, how he kept like licking him and like flipping around with his tongue, and it was weird.
0: Maybe because that deep voice kind of sounds like uh, the gay brother, Mrs. Doubtfire.
1: That's who I actually thought it was initially, and then I looked it up and realized it was him, and I think that might be what it is because I grew up loving Mrs. Doubtfire, and I actually thought it was the same raspy, deep voice, so that might be why I had that connotation with it, (laughs) but it was a fun music number.
0: thought it was a gay amphibian or reptile or whatever it is. I'm actually not sure what it's supposed to be, and that's something that I never really thought about when I was a kid. All of these animals are from Australia, and so I genuinely have no idea what most of them are, except for like the random wallaby and it just never seemed odd there was to a platypus me. too. Yeah, okay, the platypus. It just, it never seemed odd to me as a kid that I had no idea what these animals were. But I'm sure they're very commonplace in Australia. And actually, they were all animated to be absolutely adorable. They were. I like how randomly in the story, it sort of flips. Like, it's like he realizes that this is actually happening. The the human character realizes that this is actually happening. He's not hallucinating. He's not dead. And there's a quick conflict where he thinks that the bat is trying to kill her and the bat thinks that he's trying to kill Krista and there's a little scuffle and then they get to know each other a little and then they're randomly like let's sneak off and be all romantic. Like when did that shift happen? And
1: this presumably is over a matter of like two days. (laughs) No, not even two days. This is a matter of hours. He shrinks (laughs) down and then Hexus is like that. You need to be at Fern by tomorrow. So within a few hours, he's going off with her, sneaking into this little weird little underwater cave.
0: I still love that scene, though. I think it's beautiful.
1: He snuck a kiss. I was like, he's he works fast. Right? But I also don't think Krista knew what that was.
0: She was giving him the eyes.
1: She was from the very beginning. That's true.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I mean, it, it's sad to say, but I kind of feel like the weakest character was Krista. <laughs> And I think it's only because there are so many times when she's so flighty and like, what's going on? And really? And it's sort of frustrating to have the the female character be playing dumb.
1: I think the problem I had with her was at the very beginning when she was with, I think the character's name was Maggie. Yeah. The uh, older witch or fairy.
0: She's basically Mother Earth.
1: Exactly. So she's training her to take over for her. And the entire time, she's just like not paying attention. And she's like, I just want to go. And then the one time she tries something and she fails at it because she's not really paying attention to her lessons, she's like, why can't I do this? And then just gets like super depressed. But she hasn't really put effort into it.
0: So she's just kind of like a typical teenager.
1: I guess so. (laughs) But at the end, the only problem I had with it, I felt like it just ended too quickly. Like, they're just like, oh, we need to wrap this up. Well, and why did
0: she get... Maggie's powers, like why she not? didn't
1: actually, she didn't get Maggie's powers. Everybody else did, so she Maggie's powers went to everybody, and that's why they all changed from like green to blue.
0: No, they went to everybody, but color. then she was the one who, like, the flowers were growing in her path. Remember? So
1: what they well, they, what they said was that she actually had the power at the beginning of the movie. They said that she has it. She just needs to find it. She needs to figure out, find her inspiration. They all have
0: it because all of the power of nature exists within a single seed.
1: Yeah, so the thing is, like, but she's the one that's being trained. So initially, you only see her, the dad, and Pip, voiced by Christian Slater. <laughs> and then throughout the movie, you, every once in a while, like, you see a few more, like, they're interested in seeing the human. And then by the end, you see that there's actually dozens and dozens of these fairies. So it's clear that she's, they, that maggie sees something in her. So she's clearly the one that's the most powerful. And she ultimately sacrifices herself, like, she's consumed by Hexus. And then everybody else just kind of chips in their powers and helps her overcome it. Yeah. And then she's able to make that that thing grow around him and traps him again. So she had the power the whole time. It's just she had to find her inspiration. I
0: feel like Maggie's powers went a little bit to all of them, but then I feel like Krista sort of took her place. Because Maggie was, was special, like was, obviously. Like, she is Mother Earth. She's, you know, like a metaphor well, for Mother Earth. She actually
1: explicitly told uh, Krista that she needs to replace her. Yeah. That it's her time. So... Krista was chosen to be magic, so I'm sure she got a little bit more of the the magic Kool-Aid. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to call it, but I, I thought the ending was rushed a little bit, but I still think it was a really fun movie, and then it was... The message at the end was really good in that she gave him the seed and says, you can't forget this. Like, I'm going to make you big again, and you need to, to make sure that you spread this message, and he immediately, like, goes to the guys and is like, this is bad.
0: Well no, he, he basically to- makes the decision cuz he he says something where it's basically like I want to stay but I need to go back to stop this.
1: So it was good all around that they he did come to that conclusion. Overall it was a like we we figured out that it's edutainment and it was fun. <laughs> I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought the music was fun. There was a few pretty good jokes in it. I did like the the dynamic with Pip like I thought it was going to go weird because I didn't really remember it where he because he was very clearly into Krista and he does kind of defend her against Zach like he's kind of suspicious of Zach initially but he gets over like he's never just too pushy like I thought it was going to go how a lot of 90s movies were where he kind of goes evil maybe because he's jealous. Yeah. And it's never it never is that like he's supportive of Krista the entire time like he seems smug. And, like, he was just going to be kind of, like, misogynistic. Uh But he actually, like, supported the whole time. Like, he's just, like, watching out for his female friend and then ultimately supported her and helped her out. Like, I was glad that that character who was in love with her wasn't, like, a Gaston. Yeah. It was just kind of creepy and manipulative and kind of a dick.
0: Yeah, he kind of stepped back and let what needed to happen happen.
1: Yeah, so I was surprised by that. And it's weird to have Christian Slater to be in a role (laughs) like that because he's normally kind of creepy.
0: Yeah, I think, like, all the main characters are really great, solid characters. And... Just being able to watch it and actually hear all the lines now that I didn't really catch before, it it rounds them out even more and it makes me appreciate them more. Especially Batty because it's just so dark and thoroughly screwed up when you know that he has been tested on and he's clearly traumatized by humans. He's terrified of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I thought it was great. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was going to be bad and it wasn't like I remembered it being bad animation, but I actually think it was... As good, if not better, than a lot of Disney stuff.
0: I had really low expectations for the animation going into it, but having just recently watched Beauty and the Beast, I think the animation style was better, and I think it was better suited with the characters to the backdrops. It's like, they did so much gorgeous watercolor work for a lot of the backgrounds, and the characters, I mean... Obviously, in this era of animation, the characters always look flat. They don't have the shadowing that you expect nowadays. But I think that they were a lot more appropriate. And you didn't see a lot of like a lot of times in, you know, rushed animation, you see a fence. And if there's a panel in the fence, that's going to move. It's a different color from the rest of the fence. And they didn't, yeah. didn't do a lot of that cheap crappy animation with this. So I think it was really a cut above everything else. And the backgrounds were gorgeous. And there were all these, you know, sweeping shots of the forest that you don't see a lot of. And I thought everything about it was just gorgeous. And I love that it took the time to breathe and really get you into the forest. And they took the time to hear the forest and see the animals and really appreciate it for what it was.
1: I I think it matched, like, color-wise a lot better. Like you mentioned... The backgrounds being better than in Beauty and the Beast. Like in Beauty and the Beast, the backgrounds looked like a different style. Like clearly they were pre-rendered, pre-drawn, and then they were drawing over it. Mm -hmm. Like the style of the characters matched the style of the background a lot better than it did in some of those Disney movies. Until I'd say like Aladdin, I think, was the movie in Disney that switched where... The way that the people were, were colored and the way the backgrounds matched a lot better.
0: Oh, another thing I really loved was, I mean, it was probably realistically to sort of cut down on animation costs, but I love the sequence in the beginning where they sort of, they show the aboriginals and it's all drawn out and it's like you're looking at cave drawings at certain points. And I actually really love that opening sequence and it's a totally different style from the rest of the film, but I really appreciate it and it feels really nostalgic to me.
1: You know what I also thought was kind of interesting? And I just remembered this. So they made you talking about the Aborigines. They, they had like a little story at the beginning talking about how humans and fairies used to talk to each other to make the world better. And then humans just kind of evolved and went into being what we are now. She had, the human, Zach was able to see her like immediately when he got shrunk down. But the bat, she had to sing a song to, not, ex- I don't want to say expose, but to reveal herself. So she said like a little spell like, I give you fairy sight so you can see me and not be worried or something Well, maybe because she
0: had already done magic on Zack.
1: Maybe. I'd like to think that maybe she didn't need to because humans and fairies already had that relationship. Mm -hmm. I thought it was interesting. I did want to go back briefly and talk. You kind of mentioned that it had a few things for adults that we didn't notice because we were kids. That is something that Disney movies didn't really start doing until Aladdin with the genie making some of those jokes. And that's something that's so common now that it pushes. Like Shrek, when that came out, was just as much of an adult movie as a kid's movie. (laughs)
0: Lord (laughs) Faquad,
1: Exactly. And then like all these different things like talking about eviction notices and property laws and stuff like that. I do like that this took it, you know, an extra step beyond what Disney did and make a movie that is enjoyable as an adult. So I I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't think that it ruined my childhood. In fact, I I actually wish that I would watch this more as a kid because I really did enjoy this movie as an adult.
0: Yeah, I'm glad that I watched it as much as I did as a kid, and I'm really glad that I'm revisiting it as an adult. I know that we gave this to my nephews and my niece to watch, and I hope that they watch it, but next time I visit it, I'm definitely going to pop this in.
1: Excellent. So I'm pretty sure this did not ruin our childhood. Definitely
0: not. It made it better, and that is very rare.
1: Well, this is episode two of Ruin My Childhood. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, You guys can follow MDX Pods at patreon.com slash Pods if you want to help support the show. We are also on Twitter and Instagram at MDX Pods. And you can also check us out at facebook.com slash mdxpods. And where can they follow you, Katrina?
0: I am on all social media at Katrina Ossity It's K-A-T-R-I-N-A-O-S-I-T-Y on YouTube where I have my main channel and I'm just all over the place. Awesome. Well that was fun. It was. Thanks for listening. Alright. I feel the power. It's growing by the minute. Pretty soon you're gonna see me wallow in it I feel good, a special kind of horny. Flowers and trees depress and frankly bore me